Hey guys, just before we get into this episode, I just wanted to mention that we had some connection issues throughout this episode. I guess there was a storm uh, ripping through Collingwood at the time, so Casey's connection wasn't great. Uh, kind of brought down the whole call, so there's a, a bit of lag a few times, there's a few cuts, but for the most part, it's good. But just wanted to let you know before you hop into the episode. Thanks. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening. Welcome to episode 135 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne all back together for the first time in a few weeks. Guys, it's it's nice to see your faces. So we haven't chatted in a couple of weeks. It feels like it's been a couple of months. Uh, summer is just flying by. How are we doing? Well, I wish I could say it's uh, the same. Nice to see your face, but I don't know about <laughs> it's got that. got a face for radio. There's a, lot, there's a lot of good things going on, and, and normally I'm usually pretty positive at the beginning of these episodes, but I just want to let you both know that I am miserable in a, in a very temperamental mood because it is so hot and humid, and I don't have AC, and it's like, oh, yeah, open a window. No, that makes it worse. That just brings in hot, wet air. It's like, yeah, I love that. So I've just been absolutely pissed off the last three days sleeping like crap because i can't fall asleep because i'm like using half a sheet like (laughs) using a one ply bed sheet to try to stay comfortable (sighs) (laughs) well case you've got one thing to be happy about we are the champions of the pepsi cup last weekend and what a tournament that was. What a tournament that was, Case. The multiple scoregasms are the 2022 Pepsi Cup champions, and I couldn't be happier. It, it was just an incredible day. We got pretty good weather all day. We It was overcast, which is perfect for a Pepsi Cup tournament. You know, not too hot, not raining out, and then... Afterwards, that night, we had an incredible uh, evening full of festivities. And then the day after, with the family reunion, everything was great. Um, So just a fantastic weekend. So you've got to be a bit happy about that. I forgot that this is the first episode after the Pepsi Cup. So, yeah, that was an awesome weekend, of course. Chad, like you say, it's my. there's two options for weather in the Pepsi Cup. It's 38 degrees, better be drinking water or you will be dying and then there's playing in a puddle where you can't pass because the ball is getting held up. <laughs> yeah. So it was perfect. And we won. That's right. We did. And a, an underrated thing, something that I called before the tournament happened, the Pepsi Cup scoring title stayed in the Cody name because Harper couldn't be there. His little brother Emerson picked up the tab and said, put it on my back, boys. I'll pick up the scoring, uh, you know, lack of scoring with, with the other Harper, Cody brother not being there. So that's what he did. Put the team on his back, scored 10 goals, won the scoring title for us, won the, uh, you know, Pepsi Cup, which is the holy grail, did all of that. And, and what a day for him. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. And first of all, boys, sorry, I could not be there. Uh, I, of course, was at Oceaga in, in Montreal that weekend, which was a great time. But the Pepsi Cup is always such a treat. And 
you better believe that I'll be there next year. I won't be missing it. Uh, but glad you guys had a good weekend. Congratulations on the big win. And uh, yeah, happy for uh, happy for M that he was able to win the scoring title, scoring the same amount of goals that I did last year, which is kind of cool. And uh, the fact that you called it, Chad, and he's keeping it in the family. So uh, congrats to him. Congrats to you guys. And uh, I can't wait to see all the footage from that weekend as well. That's right. So before we get into the episode, I wanted to say that. And by the way, it's been two weeks, guys, since we've done a podcast. I feel like I can't even talk. But as soon as I get all the footage uploaded, I'll get started on that video. And then like by the end of the summer, I'll have something out and it'll be hopefully comparable, if not better than last year's video. So it'll be fun to, you know, watch everything that happened during the tournament. And, uh, you know, you can get a real uh, bird's eye view from the drone footage. You can get uh, a chest view from the GoPro chest mount that we had on on the ref during the day, and and obviously you'll get a close up view with uh, you know all the, all the cameras we had going with the gimbal and everything. So it's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to putting it together because it's it's always a great day, and then being able to put together that video to look back on is uh, is is always great too. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. We should also thank Luke sheridan our good buddy for coming back down and and getting footage and stuff and and caleb too because he would have been the one wearing the gopro right chad yeah that's right awesome well that's great well congratulations again to you guys msg the uh 2022 pepsi cup champions and can't wait for the 2023 Pepsi Cup Ball Hockey Tournament. Okay, so uh, we're going to be talking about the IIHF World Junior Hockey Championships. Of course, uh, the tournament that was canceled uh, in the new year and uh, is picking back up starting on August 9th, which is on Tuesday. So it'll be getting underway just after this episode is released. It's from uh, August 9th to 20th in Edmonton. Canada's first game is Wednesday against Against Latvia at six o'clock. And so what we're going to do is uh, something a little bit different than what we've done in the past. Normally, we would go through both groups and talk about the teams and sort of tee up all of that. But uh, instead, we're each going to run through uh, five players to watch uh, and they can be from any team. And uh, so we've each identified uh, five players to watch in this tournament. So Case, why don't we go to you first with uh, your first player to watch at this tournament. Huge shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring the podcast. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes all the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek makes it extremely simple to buy tickets to all of your favorite sporting events, including Jays and Leafs games, and you can always find a great deal. On SeatGeek, all tickets are scored on a scale between 0 and 10, so you know if you're getting a good or a bad deal. Green is good and red is bad. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Summer is here and you know what that means. Extreme sports like spike ball and road hockey have returned and so is day drinking. 
The problem is we're not as young as we used to be and these summer activities can be draining on our bodies. When you push your body hard or just feel run down, it's extremely important to stay hydrated. When you make hydration a priority, it helps you feel healthier on a day-to-day -day basis. Enter Liquid IV. Whether you're playing sports or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. The kicker? This stuff tastes good too, guys. Liquid IV has incredible hydration flavors like watermelon, strawberry, pina colada, and more, but my personal favorite is lemon-lime. So, get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH in all caps at checkout. So that's 25% off anything when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH, all caps at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com. Shout out to Cocktail Bomb Shop for sponsoring the podcast. Cocktail Bomb Shop is a Canadian woman-owned small business and all of their cocktail bombs are proudly handmade in Montreal. Well, what is it and how does it work? Step one, you pick your favorite flavor of cocktail bomb and unwrap it. My favorite is definitely mojito. Step two, drop your cocktail bomb into eight ounces of sparkling water and watch it fizz for five minutes. Step three, add a shot of your favorite alcohol, some ice and enjoy it. Fellas, gents, boyfriends of the world, these cocktail bombs make the perfect gift for your lady friend because not only are they tasty, but they're Instagrammable as well. Right now, if you go to cocktailbombshop.ca and use the code BITV15, you can get 15% off your entire order. That's cocktailbombshop.ca. Use the code BITV15 at checkout for 15% off. Yeah, so with my five players, I kind of have two super obvious ones that I just can't get away from talking about. Uh, one total wild card and two guys that I don't think anyone's really expecting me to bring up. So my first one, I'll get one of these no sh no surprise, no shock here guys out of the way, and that's Luke Hughes. I have to talk about him. I genuinely think he's probably going to be the best player in this tournament. Uh, if not, he's the best defenseman in this tournament, and it's his year. Anderson's gone, and and Powers is gone. He's going to be the guy in the back end who's going to log just a ridiculous amount of minutes. He's had a huge year this year playing for Michigan. And again, next year, he's going to be the guy there with no more Powers. Uh, rookie of the year, Hobie Baker finalist at the age of 18. That doesn't really happen. That's just amazing to see. So he's getting setting scoring records left, right, and center. He's been here before playing for um, the world championship this past year uh playing with the man's he, he played 10 games had four points played some decent minutes there so i think he's going to be heavily relied upon by this team yeah that's a guy like you said heavily relied upon he's going to be the go-to guy offensively defensively he's going to log a shit ton of minutes uh because he deserves it you know he's the guy this year and i i totally agree he's going to be one of if not the best defenseman in the tournament and it's going to be fun to watch him develop just like his two older brothers 
yeah, talk about an obvious guy to to watch and to get out of the way. And and yeah, that's definitely Luke Hughes. Uh, of course, uh, we can't wait to see him with his brother in New Jersey case. And uh, he's a big kid who can do it all. He can play uh, both uh, both ends of the ice, and uh, he's going to be heavily relied on uh, with this U.S. team. So yeah, uh, an obvious choice for sure in Luke Hughes. So how do we want to do it then, Harp? Do we want to go like kind of around or do we want to give Case his five to start or, or like, wait, like, what I do think you guys we should think? go around instead of making me talk for just, you know. Okay. No, Case, I'll, yeah. I'll sit back. Let's, let's hear we'll all go around the block. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Well, Case, if you're starting with Luke, Luke Hughes, kind of an obvious one there, uh, you know, on Team USA, I'll take another extremely obvious one on Team USA here. And that's going to be Matthew Nyes, uh, draft pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think. You know, he could be one of the best players in this tournament. And I'm saying that because I think he could have competed for a spot on the Maple Leafs this year, but he decided to to go back to school. And there's talk that, you know, you're going to maybe see him in the playoffs for the Maple Leafs. And that could be, you know, kind of the boost they need for that. But I just think he's he's an extremely dynamic player. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching him play. Uh, last World Juniors, before it got canceled, he had a goal in the one game that he played. So, I mean, I guess that was good. He played for the USA at the Olympics, and he was the youngest player on the roster. Uh, he had two points in four games, so that was good as well. Um, second on his team in scoring this year at just 18 years old, uh, and that's in the NCAA. And he was also the second youngest on the team. Uh, Chaz Lucius was the only younger player. Uh, the defenseman, I believe, Chaz Lucius, he's Winnipeg, right? Drafted by Winnipeg. That's right. Yeah, and so, like, just they had a stacked team there, but, you know, Matthew Nice really came into his own this season, and being a second-round pick, you know, I think you look back at that draft already, and a lot of people have him going, like, as high as in, in the 15 range, because he's been that good since being drafted. So Matthew Nice is my first and most obvious player to watch in this tournament. I like that it's it's both obvious because he's a good player and it's also obvious because he's a Leafs prospect. Yeah, it's like of course we're gonna go a Devils and then a Leafs prospect <laughs> off the top. But I am not gonna touch any more New Jersey players for the rest of this. I think there's only two in the tournament, but I, I'm gonna make it easy that way. Same, same here. I had two that I was thinking of bringing up, and they play for Finland, and we'll get there. But I, that's gonna be my only Maple Leafs prospect in my five to watch because. You know, like I want to watch some other guys too, and and I'm excited for more than just Leafs prospects. But anyway, well, I could go with a couple of themes here. I could either uh, pick a prospect as a player to watch from my team, the the Buffalo Sabers, of course, or I could stick with a guy to watch from Team USA, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm going to mention Thomas Bordalo, a prospect of the San Jose Sharks, and I think this kid's a very good hockey player that. Um, when it comes to young up and coming players that got a chance to get into the NHL late last season, talking about other guys like Matty Beneers, Owen Power, etc. Not a lot of people were talking about Thomas Bordalo in San Jose, who looked very good in a short sample size, five assists in eight games with san jose he looked very good he's a smaller playmaking center a big part of their future and uh he's a talented forward again uh came from michigan with power and veneers and hughes and those guys so i think he's going to be a very good player for usa as well 
You said that not a lot of people were talking about him. While we decided to keep our players as a surprise to each other, uh, I'll tell you one guy who's going to talk about Bordelow, and that's myself. I was going to bring him up. He's one of my five. We've already nailed one of each other's players. So Perfect. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a little bit of uh, improvisation by the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good, though. I mean, like Team USA, guys, is is absolutely stacked. I think they've only got two guys who, who aren't drafted already, and they and they've got a couple young prospects as well eligible for this year. So they're they're going to be stacked as always. Team Canada as well. Like you might notice we haven't brought up Team Canada yet or any player on Team Canada because it's obvious. If we're talking about players to watch, it's all of them, guys, because every single player on that roster has already been drafted except for Connor Bedard, who, uh, oh yeah, he's the best player in the upcoming draft by a landslide. So you know, these two teams are going to be incredible and I can't wait to watch it this year. And it's fun because it's in August, which is weird. It feels like a nice little stopgap between, you know, the boring part of the off season and the start of, of, of the NHL season. So it, it's nice, but also weird that it's kind of squeezing in here. But nevertheless, I'm super excited to watch. All right. Well, I'm up. I was going to talk about Bordelo right now, but I guess I'll <laughs> go right. with another defenseman. <laughs> um, when people think of young Detroit D in the system, they think of Moritz and they think of Edvinson. Well, you cannot forget about William Wallander. This guy is hes playing in the SHL all year last year. He was a junior player of the year. Let me quickly pull up what that means for you guys, because I had to Google it myself. Like, all right, so that's junior player of the year. Let me name off a couple guys who have won it in the past. In the last few years, it's William Eklund, Emil uh, Bemstrom, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, Erickson Eck. Uh, now to go down a little further, Victor Hedman, ever heard of that guy? Nick Backstrom, you ever heard of him? Cronwall, Sedin, both of them. Henrik Lundqvist, quite a few good players to name off there. This guy, in terms of size and skating ability ratio is probably the best in this tournament on defense. Um, like I just said, Luke Hughes is going to be the best defenseman, but this William Wallander is huge and just a dynamic skater back there. Put up really good points. I really expect him to be the guy on Sweden that they're going to look to, 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 you know, log minutes and play power play and, and just do everything for them. So that's another defenseman that I'm really excited to watch. And, and, finally bringing up someone from sweden here god the red wings are stacked aren't they guys like just thinking about like as soon as you mentioned their their decor you think of moritz and then you think of edvinson and wallander was a guy i completely forgot about but yeah that, i'm excited to watch him now just to see how good detroit is going to be in like two three years and then for the foreseeable future after that yeah, like another steal in the draft for the Detroit Red Wings. We were all talking about Soderblom, that big six foot eight forward, I think, on Sweden that we that we saw um, at the World Juniors last year and uh, another late round pick by the Red Wings. And when they drafted this guy, Wallander, I said, this is going to be an absolute steal. So it's just ridiculous that they've got him and Edvinson coming up when they have Cider, the Calder Trophy winner, uh, already in their lineup. It's just ridiculous. So, Case, that's a, that's a great pick and uh, really good info on Wallander as well. Yeah, let's just hope they can keep that core together when they're still paying Ben Sherratt way too much in four years' time. So. 
Okay, so my turn now, and I'll bring up my second player. I've got a couple avenues I could go here, building off uh, your player there, Case. I could either go with the one Swede, who I'm definitely going to bring up, who's a bit of a no-brainer, so I could go that way. Or I could go with another guy who's a younger player, eligible to be drafted in 2023, um, because then that groups my other three players together as guys who kind of slid in the draft but have something to prove. So, okay, maybe I'll do that. So I'll bring up this player on Team USA, okay? Charlie Strammel. And like I said, he's a 2023 top prospect. He's six foot three, listed at 215 pounds um, from the U.S. Development Program. Last year, he played 16 games, had seven goals, eight assists for 15 points, and that's because he missed the uh, first half of the season with injury, but came back out of the gates just flying. Uh, Scott Wheeler of the Athletic, you guys probably have read quite a bit about him or, or from him. Has Strammel ranked at 17th overall on his way too early 2023 uh, projections for for this upcoming draft? And uh, you know he there, he has a lot of good things to say about him because you know being a first rounder ranked around 17, he said that he's the consensus big rig in the first round. He's one of those guys who is just an imposing presence. Uh, he said that he has good puck skills, great forechecking ability, and he can really push the pace despite not having a great first step. So with all of that combined with high-end hockey IQ and passing ability, I think Charlie Strammel, depending on how much he plays, because, you know, as a younger player in these tournaments, he's probably not going to get a lot of ice time. But when he is out there, take a look. Because, you know, if your team is drafting, you know, in the, in the top 15, maybe even the top 10, uh, this could be a player that uh, you should have your eyes on. So Charlie yeah, Strammel. We didn't necessarily say players to watch because they're going to be the best players, but players to watch that have an interesting storyline. And a 17-year-old making the USA team is always impressive in my mind. Uh, But like you said, they don't always see a lot of playing time, but usually they lack size when they're at 17 years old in this tournament. And this guy certainly does not. So we'll see. I'd like to, I'll, I'll be watching him for sure, especially for the upcoming draft. Yeah, and and when you're looking at players to watch, not necessarily the best players, like you said, Case, but uh, typically you're looking at a lot of guys that have already been drafted. They're high first-round picks already, not really looking at the... the draft eligibles for for the upcoming entry draft and so Connor Bedard is an obvious one um and uh Strammel is is interesting because he's a guy that uh you know not a lot of people kind of have on their radar yet and so that's that's a good one Chad we'll be keeping an eye out for him on this uh very strong U.S. team, as we've mentioned. Yeah, well, well, like you said, I, I think we were talking about it earlier. They only have two players on the team who are have not been drafted, and Shrammel is one of them. So, like, being a young guy to even crack the roster is is fantastic on a team as good as USA. So, again, like, that's another reason why I'm going to be glued to this guy anytime he's on the ice, just to see what, you know, the 2023 draft class has in store for it. Yeah. Uh, the the next guy I, I'm going to go with as my second player to watch, and uh, I'll get this one out of the way because he's a Buffalo Sabres prospect, and uh, you guys won't be surprised by this one, but that is Isaac Rosen of Team Sweden. So uh, drafted 14th overall in last year's draft. He, of course, uh, was the pick that came from the Philadelphia Flyers in the trade for Rasmus Ristolainen. He's a goal-scoring winger. Uh, very similar traits to 
Victor Olofsson as far as shooting the puck. And this guy can move down the wing as well. He's a smaller winger. He's got to get bigger and stronger. But this guy is a goal scorer and he can scoot as well, as Kevin Adams said when when they drafted him uh, in, in 2021 with their second first rounder in that draft. So uh, I'm going to keep an eye out uh, on uh, on Isaac Rosen and uh, and hopefully he can be a, a big player offensively for team sweden yeah team sweden always seems to have one or two trigger men on their team that they really need to step up in this tournament and, and shoot the puck at will and you could be the guy it's hilarious to me the haul that buffalo got for rasmus ristolainen like even to get a one for one you know the 14th overall pick would have been incredible but they got even more so that's yeah. crazy just to think about. But yeah, that he'll definitely be a player to watch. I knew you were going to bring him up because uh I mean, like I don't know how many Sabres prospects are playing in this tournament, but I knew Rosen was one of the big ones. So, um I think there's only 3 Leafs prospects playing case. I don't know how many Devils prospects are playing, but again, I knew I knew you'd bring him up because he was the big guy from Buff. Well, great. Now I owe Case $100. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the guy I, I actually had in mind. I, I put $100 down on two guys that I know, one that Chad's going to pick and one that Harp's going to pick. We'll see what comes of that, but I'll let you know when you say it. Okay. Um, Case, I bet you could guy, guess I'll, my I'll next my three, by the way, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll get my second completely obvious one out of the way i've talked about this guy at nauseum already um talked about him at the beginning of the tournament earlier in the year talked about him in the world championship um yada 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 mason mctavish probably my favorite player outside of the nhl outside of the devil's system is that a lot of uh you know couple qualifications there <laughs> but i love this guy and it's three words compete 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 and it just seems like he has it everywhere he goes he's just a dominant force loved watching him in the um in the world championship as well as playing in the nhl last year playing in the ahl winning the ohl playing in the memorial cup world junior championship world championship he's had a busy year and it's because of his compete level he is just a force to be reckoned with everywhere he plays he's a top three player on this team in the u18s he's the captain i'm expecting mason mctavish to be on that first line for canada and just be putting up ungodly numbers I'd love to see what the, the betting odds are for leading Team Canada in scoring because I bet he's like minus 200. Like he, he's expected yeah. to be the best player on the team here. I have two guys in mind that, that could be that, that scoring leader and he's one of them. Yeah. Does this guy not look like he's 25 years old out there? Like he he looks older. He is physically mature and uh, he looked absolutely dominant in a very short sample size uh, in the couple of games uh, in the tournament early in the new year before it got canceled. Um, there, there was one goal that he scored where he just, he was constantly going around the net and up to the blue line, hanging onto the puck and just using his big frame to shield off guys and just looks so physically mature out there. And yeah, he's going to have a big tournament. Anaheim's got a good one in him. 
Oh, 100%. Okay, guys, my third player that uh, I'm very excited to watch is kind of a no-brainer, so I'll bring him up first. Uh, I mentioned that I was going to talk about three guys who you know, were projected to go a bit higher in the draft but fell for various reasons. So the first guy that I'm going to pick is Jesper Wallstedt. Minnesota draft pick. He's going to be the starting goaltender for Team Sweden. Uh, he looked really good in his last tournament for Sweden uh, in, in 2021 and in his time during the 2022 tournament that was canceled. Um, he's supposed to be the starter for, for Minnesota in the future. He's the guy. He's probably the best goaltending prospect out there right now. Um, you know, you can argue Yaroslava Skarov is there in, in Nashville. You can argue Sebastian Kossa is there in uh, Detroit. And by the way, Kossa was the only goalie picked ahead of him in the 2021 draft. So that's why I think Wallstead's going to come into this thing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, not playing for... You know, like Sweden's definitely going to be good, but I think we can all agree that Team Canada is probably the, the favorite here. Like, just look at the weapons up and down their lineup. So I, I think he's going to see a ton of shots, or at least more than Casa, and he's going to he's gonna be able to come out and prove that maybe he should have been the first goalie taken in that draft. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree that he's probably the best goaltending prospect in the world right now and putting up some amazing numbers in the SHL. It's he's definitely going to be a guy to watch. But um, I think we kind of expected that the year before with Anelfeld and I don't know things have been weird with with Swedish goaltending choices in the yeah. past. Yeah, that's right. Like, who knows if he plays every game, but I think he played four before the tournament got canceled in five the previous year, something like that. So I would expect them to go to him um, because like you said, they've got, they've got a good backup. I know. Clang though. I know they, they got Kale Clang, but you just look at his numbers in the SHL here and you know, he played 22 games. He had a 198 goals against and a 917 save as a guy who, who's draft year plus one, putting up those kinds of numbers in the best pro league uh in sweden and and one of the best pro leagues in europe for that matter it's just it's incredible and i would fully expect them to go to him and if they don't it'll be a split seas thing and you know if they go to the final it'll it'll probably be whoever's better but wallstead is definitely gonna be out for revenge this tournament i think yeah he uh certainly has that potential to be the franchise goal tender for the for the Minnesota Wild. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him and Kosa because I think right now for Canada, the starter is Dylan Garand, right guys? And so um, it'll be interesting to see if Kosa gets in. But yeah, talking about Wallstead, a big talented kid who will definitely have a chip on his shoulder after being selected after Garand. There's another organization right there, the Minnesota Wild, that is just loaded with prospects especially after this draft as we've mentioned before wallstead definitely right at the top of that list and uh yeah looking uh looking for the big swedish goaltender to have a good tournament here for sure okay harp you're up next Okay. Uh, all right. I'll go back to an obvious choice. And uh, this looks even more obvious because I've got a Columbus Blue Jackets hat on. I'm going to talk about Kent Johnson as a player to watch for Team Canada. 
There you go, Case. I owe you a hundred bucks. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, dynamic center, tons of skill, especially around the front of the net. He's got sick hands. Uh, one goal in two games before the cancellation of the rest of the tournament earlier this year. And uh, he was a point per game playing for the Olympic team against men. So uh, not much more to say about this kid. Big part of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets uh, future. I think he's their future number one center. And uh, I just can't wait to see uh, uh, Kent Johnson and all of his skill uh, and abilities in this tournament for uh, for Team Canada. Case, you mentioned that you know, McTavish has a, a shot at being the, the leading uh, scorer for this team, while Kent Johnson has a good chance as well. He was my other guy. I said two and then kind of left it blank on who my other guy was going to be. It's because I didn't want to leak his name and and lose my hundred dollars on uh, on Harper's pick because I knew Kent Johnson was coming after Tyler Ennis. Harp's favorite player in the world is Kent Johnson or or Michael Bunting, too. He loves him some bunts. Yeah, Kent Johnson is is a great safe pick, obvious pick because that guy's sick, uh, you know, one of the best players in the tournament, you could argue. Uh, hands, definitely the best hands in the tournament. Um, yeah, just just an incredible player and expect him to put up some big points. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, all right. My, my fourth player, I feel, is a little off the board. Not a lot of people think about him, but it's Robbie Urventi. He is the lesser known Ottawa Senators prospect in this tournament. And God, that there's another team just deep in the system, the Sens. Well, he had a taste of winning bronze last year for uh, this team in the World Junior U20 as well. And he's got a lot of pro experience under his belt, playing full-time or almost full-time in the um, Liga last year, like two years ago, and then in the AHL full-time last year for the Sens. He played 70 games in the AHL with 33 points, 11 goals. Played decent minutes on a decent Belleville team and is just flying out there. He is a quick guy to watch and absolutely excited to see you know a little more a little more limelight on him and, and maybe get to see a, a lot of minutes for this guy because he's big and flies if we're talking about players to watch that makes total sense because what is like you know a third of our listener base it's ottawa senators fans so you know we've got sense fans we've got leaf fans and then a, a bit of in between there but that's definitely a guy to watch anytime a senators player is in this tournament like i remember talking about jake sanderson last year and that was a, an obvious guy to watch so makes total sense case good pick yeah well he, he's just like he's one of these guys that has size and speed, but also just IQ and like, yeah, definitely watch him if you're a Sens fan. Okay. Uh, definitely a good pick. I'm going to lump my next two in together here because I said there's a bit of a trend and that includes Wallstead uh, for my last two, uh, because they're, you know, I just want to say something quick about them. There were players who were expected to go a bit higher in the draft, but fell, fell, fell. And I, like I said, case, I bet you can guess who these two players are. I'm going to start with, Mr. Brad Lambert. 
the uh, Finnish forward. I was thinking about talking about two other Finnish players, and that's Topi Niemela, who is the Leafs, arguably the, the Leafs' best prospect, or Ronnie Hirvinen, another really good Leafs prospect. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about Brad Lambert. I think he, again, is another guy with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to come into this tournament, and, uh, you know, he's got something to prove. He was projected, you know, a few years ago originally to go number one in this draft, and then as the the couple years went on he fell fell and fell and he ended up going 30th overall to winnipeg so we'll see how that pans out uh for him in this tournament but he's definitely a player to watch the second guy is also on fit on finland and uh similar situation again at one point he was projected to go number one in his draft the year before but he fell 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 even further than lambert did and that's atu rati he fell to 52nd overall to the New York Islanders. Um, but Ratti is an interesting one because there's a bit of a story there. Right now, he's quietly, or, or last season, he's quietly been about a point per game in the Liga, which is something that Brad Lambert can't say. He hasn't really had the production, but Ratti, after being traded in the Liga, finally has produced. And this is the player that everybody you know, kind of thought he was going to be, this offensive dynamo playing against men in the league and, and and that's kind of what he's done he had three points in seven games for finland in 2020 in the world juniors but then infamously was left off the roster the next year do you guys remember that he didn't make the team and he didn't i don't even know if he got an invite to 2022 before the stoppage and so he's definitely got something to prove these two finnish players lambert and ratti both projected to go super high in the draft both fell one more than the other, but uh, they, they're going to be another player, another couple players with chips on their shoulder coming into this tournament with uh, with something to prove. Yeah, yeah great, those. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Neither of those players were shockers to me, Chad. Um, like you said, I probably could have picked all three of those players because I know how you feel about most of them. Is that all your your? That's all five of yours. That's all five of my guys. And you know what? Like I all, said, you, well, you'll be able to pick them. I like my guys. Call me Kyle Dubas. I yeah, like my guys. You like them. <laughs> well. I got to harp. Why don't you just pay Chad the hundred dollars and then I'll stay even because I didn't, I didn't hit on my bet on you there, Chad. Maybe he'll be my fifth since. Who'd you think? Stole well, let's get to that after Harper. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, wait. So just a, a thought on, on, uh, on the two fins or, or to, to go to my, uh, my fourth player both. to watch. Both. Oh, okay. Both. both. Okay. Well, yeah. particularly with Lambert, it's really interesting because after those first few games before the stoppage of the tournament, Lambert looked really good in a small sample size, and he was back up to number two in one of Sam Cosentino's pre-draft rankings. So he's looked incredible at these in these World Junior games, um, and so he's got something to prove. Definitely going to watch him, and then Atu Ratti as as well. You got to think that uh, he's got to have a chip on his shoulder, and even be a, a little bit pissed off just uh, with the amount of decline that has happened with him. So those are two great picks. Definitely, we'll be watching the two fins there. Uh, I'm going to go to 
a German defenseman next for a, a player to watch. And uh, this one is a little off the board, but I wanted to mention him because, like I've said before, I thought the Arizona Coyotes had a good draft. So going to talk about a guy that probably has the best name in this tournament, and that is Maximilian Zuber. He's a 6'2", 187-pound left-shot defenseman. He's got a lot of reach. Sixth-round pick of the Coyotes in in this year's draft. Going to be really interesting to see how he does and how much Germany leans on him with the absence of Moritz Seider. And let's not forget about the guys that they're missing up front. Florian Eliash, Tim Stutzla. J.J. Paterka. So this Zuber kid and Luca Munzenberger as well, they're going to be the two guys that are going to be heavily relied on on the back end for this team. But I thought Arizona had a good draft. This could be a late round steal. He's a big kid that has some growing to do. And uh, so Zuber is is a player to watch for me. So first of all, Pro- that name is probably like Michael Johnson yeah. in Germany, yeah. but we just happen to think it sounds pretty cool. Um, but, but there's two reasons why that's an interesting storyline and a good player to watch. One of them is Germany has really been climbing the ranks over the last few years in this tournament and catching a lot of eyes, and they want to keep that going. They're missing all the star players, but that doesn't mean that they want to roll over and die and go back down to Div 1A. They want to stay here and continue to compete. And so they're going to need someone to step up. And that's why this is an interesting storyline. You're going to need to win via defense and goaltending if you're this team. And the second reason why it's a big storyline is players like this can shine and make names of themselves because they are going to be playing a lot of minutes against very good players. And, you know, when they're playing Canada and USA and Sweden and all these great teams, it's like, you can really step up and look good if you can shut down those guys and kind of worry about the defensive end and and that will catch the eyes. Maybe it's on the NHL, but maybe it's a big contract in the Dell. Who knows? Yeah. Case that that's a good point. It seems like you see a goalie or two every year who kind of does that on a team who's not supposed to be very good. And a goalie comes out and, and just, you know, steals the show for basically as long as he can. But uh, I mean, I could definitely see something like that happening for a defenseman as well. Uh, Harp, when you mentioned Germany, I thought you were going to mention one of their returning players, uh, Alexander Blank. That's another guy who I had sort of in my honorable mentions. One of the only returning players that I could I could think of off the top of my head when I was looking down their up and down their roster. But yeah, with the lack of star power, you know, there's there's going to be some reliance on on the guys who have been drafted or who are returning players so germany's not just gonna you know fall down and and go away they're gonna be competitive i mean they're not gonna they're not gonna be gold medal competitive but they're quietly up and coming as as one of the better you know european hockey markets as the years go on here and that's that's not a coincidence after the success of of some of the guys you mentioned who played last year like stutzla and uh, paterka and Moritz cider etc etc good pick yeah exactly yeah thanks boys um germany they they work hard and uh yeah they're they're not just gonna roll over i would not be surprised to see this team finish in fifth in this tournament even um yeah so uh germany definitely a a a country on the rise when it comes to hockey so case uh let's let's get your last player to watch 
Yeah, so I'll I'll take the one I had a hundred on Chad picking, and that's Fabian Les Lysel, like a guy we both like to talk about a yep. lot. And I was I didn't take him because I was like, well, Chad's gonna take <laughs> that, him. I, I did the same thing. Weird. I did the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I really like this guy. It's another guy that kind of slipped in the draft, probably due to size or some garbage that you know always happens every single year well he's another guy that's just such a good skater i know that doesn't mean a lot in this tournament because that's kind of why they're all here but i love to watch him i got to watch him a lot in the rookie showcase last year boston was in the same thing as the devils and he was like the most notable player on the ice every time boston was playing and that's the thing about him is he didn't have great numbers in the shl two years ago he didn't have incredible numbers in whl in, in terms of a 19 year old but he's clutch he steps up in big moments he steps up in the rookie showcase in an nhl showcase he stepped up big in the playoffs in the whl last year he had 21 points in 12 games for vancouver like he steps up in big moments and that's exactly what this is he's an older guy on the team i really expect him to be playing a lot and he will 100 percent either be quarterbacking on the point a power play as a winger or on one of the, the the walls he's always on the power play every team he plays for so i really love watching him play and and i'm excited he'll he'll be my fill-in number five really i wanted to talk about him in the first place but i thought chad would yeah so that was actually a player i thought about bringing up but i honestly thought that you would too okay so we're in the, kind of the same boat there where we avoided him because he thought the other guy would but yeah i mean what else can can i say about lysel like i'll i'll say this though he will make plays or at least a play during this tournament that makes you go, whoa, I can't believe he did that. Like he's that kind of player. And even when the production isn't there, this kid has as the entire package, the entire skill set, the base, the fundamentals, everything that you need to succeed. So when even when the scoring isn't there, like, you know, some scouts were worried about his his lack of production early on after being drafted. Um a lot of guys weren't though too because he has the fundamentals he has the skill set to be successful he just has to put it together um uh, clearly like he did in the whl playoffs yeah and i'll say with his size he plays with an edge he's not afraid to go in the corners and, and kind of throw his body around it i think it'll be exciting to watch him yeah and, and back to the point like call me kyle dubas because i like my guys like that's a guy i wanted to, to definitely mention for sure <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that uh, Lysel was going to come up and uh, obviously a, a big part of the Bruins future and kind of a, a guy who's a bit of a wild card. The consistency isn't always there. Uh, he's definitely got an edge to his game, as you guys mentioned, but uh, he will be very dangerous along the half wall and uh, look for look for this guy to score some goals and make some flashy plays in this tournament. So Fabian Lysel, Team Sweden, absolutely. Is that it, Case? Was that your last guy, or that was an honorable mention? That was my last guy as an honorable mention. He was a fill-in. But there was two quick things I wanted to mention, sort of in the same vein as Germany. I'm really excited to see who's going to be the person to step up on Slovakia. This is another team that's taken leaps and bounds in their game lately, and another nation, I should say, winning Olympic gold. They want to continue on this momentum as another hockey force in the world, but they've lost some big stars. There's some big guys gone from this team obviously one went first overall this past year uh and second overall how could i forget wearing yeah. the hat right now yeah. so 
there's gaping holes on this team and they're going to want to complete continue the momentum from the olympic gold so i'm excited to watch this team and see who's going to be that guy yeah true i feel like there's a lot of those there well i mean team germany is another one right like we just talked about they're kind of lacking the guy so it's kind of interesting to see who will step up and produce for them now, the second thing I wanted to bring up just before we kind of wrap up here is another guy who is just not included again, and that's Brant Clark. Can we, is there something going on here that I'm missing? Is this, this in a row, he's been completely left off the invite list. Yeah, I remember we made a big deal about that. I mean, not just us, the media did, because him and also Hendricks Lapierre were left off last year, and they seemed like two players who were shooing. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with Brant Clark. Both, uh, both couple of head scratchers, and I'm glad that you mentioned Lapierre because he had NHL experience prior to with the Washington Capitals. He made the team out of camp, and then with Clark, you know, a talented kid who was a, a high first round pick of the LA Kings. So it's a, it's a head scratcher for sure. I get that there's so much talent to choose from, and it's tough, but those two guys, come on. It, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Like he played for the U18 team. He's the captain of Barry. It's like, it's not lack of visibility by the coaches. It's not, you know, an attitude issue because he's a captain of a OHL team. I think that has to say something, yeah. but so I, I'm, I really don't know what it is. I guess maybe they think that they have enough offensive weapons on this team that maybe you don't need him on the point you'd rather take someone who can throw the body around and and be big like that like a ghoulie last year mm-hmm. so i don't i don't know yeah but like is is clark a small guy like do we know do we know what yeah he, well no, yeah no no he, he's 6'2 185 yeah, like so that's it's like what do you what do you call like he doesn't play big yeah okay i mean i'll say like, listen, I think we went over this when, when he originally wasn't picked, and we, we were kind of trying to figure it out. And the one thing we kind of agreed on is, like, it would make sense if, if there wasn't a fit. Like, if, if you're, like you just said, if you have other guys to play the power play, other guys to move the puck, and you needed something else. But, I don't, like, two years in a row, it just, it, se- it feels weird. It feels like there's something that the coaching staff or, or the, the, you know, the scouts or something are looking at that just doesn't add up like maybe it's his foot speed or something i'm not saying that that's what it is i'm saying there must be something that's that's wrong but. yeah i don't know i don't know but there's you know just there's just there's other guys on the team that you have to start looking at and it's like what what gives them the edge i don't know sabrango never gonna say it right yeah Got's playing the AHL last year, but that's another. That's a guy who plays defense. He's not a he's not a quarterback like Brant Clark. And I guess you know they assume that they've have enough of that on this team. I don't. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And and Zellweger, another guy we didn't know a lot about him, but an Anaheim prospect and looked good in those first few games before the stoppage too, right? So he also had a really good year in the WHL this past year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like, just because you go, like, what did Clark go? Eighth overall to LA or something like that? Just because right. you go eighth overall doesn't mean you're a shoe in. And maybe, you know, just like some other players who fell in the draft, maybe 
this is kind of his wake-up call, and now he enters the NHL in a couple years or, or next year even with a chip on his shoulder. So maybe that's the case. Who knows? Absolutely. So I've got one more player to, to mention for my players to watch to complete my five uh, just before we wrap up. And uh, it's it's another obvious one. We haven't talked about Czechia yet going into this tournament, but I'm going to mention a teammate of Mason McTavish uh, in uh, in Hamilton, Gavin White, of course, who we had on the podcast a few weeks back, and that is Yan Meshack, a prospect for the Montreal Canadiens. 34 goals with Hamilton this season. He's a really good two-way forward. He's got some grit and some sandpaper to his game. I just love this kid's work ethic. I know Alan Atmansky will say the same thing. So watch out for Yan Meshack to be a leader on this Czechia team. Yeah, again, another guy who it's not his first rodeo at this tournament. So you're expecting him to play a lot. He played a lot in that tournament. Now he's 20 years old, one of two 20 year olds on a pretty young Chechia team. I expect a lot from this team. Really, I do. And it's all going to start with Mishak. He is a fun player to watch and, and definitely a good one to have in the Montreal system. Yeah, returning player. Plays both ways, plays with an edge, and has some uh, American Hockey League experience too, which is more than you know a lot of players in this tournament can say. So that's an edge right there, just being able to play pro hockey in North America and to be able to you know kind of see what your competition is. Like I think uh, Mijak is poised to have a good tournament, not only production wise, but just to be a force kind of everywhere on the ice in every situation on this Czechia team. To talk about another thing that just doesn't really happen in this tournament, this is a returning captain as well. Yeah, that's true. Eh? This ter- this tournament is one of firsts. Like, there's a lot of firsts here because you know oh, yeah. it's, it's in August, which is a first. <laughs> and there's so many. You know, it's just weird from the start. Is is what I'm trying to get at. But yeah, that's that's right. Returning captain too. Well, it uh, this has shades of the 2020 NHL playoff bubble, watching hockey outside in August, and uh, I plan on doing that, and I know you guys do as well. Uh, so looking forward to it. It all starts on Tuesday, August 9th to 20th. The IHF World Junior Hockey Championships are back from Edmonton. You can watch all the games on TSN. And uh, again, Canada's opening game is on Wednesday, 6 o'clock puck drop against Latvia. Also, if you want to look at uh, the rosters or find out any information, you can go to IIHF.com as well. So uh, good stuff, boys. A lot of good players mentioned there. Some uh, surprise ones, uh, some obvious ones, and uh, some completely off the board ones as well. So uh, great discussion and uh, looking forward to watching some world junior hockey here in August. So thanks boys. And uh, thank you uh, to our listeners for uh, uh, hanging out with us for this episode and uh, enjoy the first week of the tournament. We'll chat with you again next week. This has been another episode of boys in the booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 